guys, gals, and non-binary pals of Audio Podcast Land. And welcome to another exciting episode of Friday Night Fights, a worldwide wrestling actual play podcast. I am the creative for this game, Mikey. You can follow me on my personal social medias at Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow us collectively at D&D Vibe Tribe Productions. Make sure to give us a follow to stay up to date on everything we got going on. Way too many actual play podcasts, some awesome pop culture podcasts as well. There's something for everyone, so make sure to give us a check us out. As always, I am joined by my amazing roster of players here to bring forth the shenanigans and the life of professional wrestling as only a bunch of weirdos can. <laughs> I love these guys. So we're going to go around really quickly. We're going to do some introductions. They're going to introduce themselves, plug any socials and projects they got working on, and then also tell us who they are playing tonight as well. So, itty bitty money mo, Minnie Moss, you will be the first victim to go. Well, it terrifies me. How's it going, guys? Uh, Minnie Moss, B218. I am here on this wonderful game playing Mr. Axel, the uh, half crazy big boy, the half of the reigning, defending. IOW Tag Team Champions, part of the Cole Club. You guys can catch me on all the other socials, same name. Uh, I officially posted my second TikTok as of today, ever. You also can check me on here on the Academy, the opposite Tuesdays to this wonderful. Thank you, thank you. Next person up is going to be John. Hi, my name's John. I am playing Bjorn Kringleson, the slightly erotic Viking. Sanka? Santa? I haven't talked out loud in a while. Uh, Santa, I am on the TikTok. You can find me there. I'm going to start posting there a little bit more over the summer. I do voiceover work. Uh, I have a show on Netflix called Go Go Koi Carson, which is a lot of fun. And uh, I've done a lot of indie film and random things, and I teach too many places. Uh, I can also be heard on various other podcasts here on D&D Vibe Tribe, so go check those out for sure. And I think that's it. I think that's it. That's it. I think sure. <laughs> I mean, that sounds good. Yeah. We're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just a guy in a closet. Many a closet. We discussed this. We told you we need we, you need to come out of the closet once in a while. But I go out. Sure. I come back in. I go out. I come back in. <laughs> Anywho, next player to give their introduction to this amazing game is going to be Chris. Hello. Hello. Uh, Chris here, also known as Riku. You can find me on the social medias as Pup Riku or Puppy Riku. I'm on as either on any any of the socials. Tonight, I'll be playing your provocateur, the Umbral Talon, a.k.a. Umbra. Also a member of the Cold Club and also your reigning Bedlam Break champion. Uh, you can also find me here on the D&D Vibe Tribe, both as DMing the Academy as well as on Furusato. Thank you, thank you, sir. I much appreciate. All right, next player to introduce himself is going to be Adolfo. Saludos, programas, and welcome. I am the nerdy Puerto Rican, Adolfo. Uh, you can see me, find me on the TikToks and on Instagram at the nerdy Puerto Rican. In the real life, I will actually be performing this weekend and the following weekend at the Tennessee Pirate Fest in Harriman, Tennessee with the Lords of Adventure as my character, Diego de la Fiesta. You can also catch me here on the D&D Vibe Tribe, where not only do I play in this uh, live play podcast, but two other live play podcasts. And I have a podcast of my own called the Nerdy Puerto Ricast. But here, Mage Silver Zap Rapple Dapple in the Apple. 
champion. Listen, like, <laughs> that is uh, always a highlight when we play. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it feels so good every time. How do you it, do that? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> so, <laughs> damn, no, but damn. in all seriousness, Adolfo, I love having you here and all of you guys bringing something awesome. Speaking of bringing something awesome, last but certainly not least, last person to give their introduction is going to be the one and only Echo. This feels weird. I'm the last one. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Echo. I will be playing John McCack, the six. You're annoying, but lovely manager who was only supposed to be in for one episode. I should have specified that in my contract, but I failed to do so. Now I'm here permanently. I was like, I didn't know contracts were a thing, but apparently neither does WWE. Oops. <laughs> Oh, shots fired. Right, bro. Like, I am I heated with them. I, I am heated with accident. them. Don't worry. This isn't your fault. I just pent up aggression, which we'll talk about off camera during break. But yeah. But anyways, with you those okay? introductions. You're right there? You had a little yeah. moment there. Are you okay? <laughs> I will be. I'm going to use this as fuel for this game. <laughs> yeah, we heard that. Okay. All right, then. Don't give me that look. <laughs> Anywho, so with all the introductions out of the way, let's get tonight's uh, episode of Insane Asylum Wrestling started. So for the first time in a while, the intro to IAW is already in progress playing. The Jumbo Titan Tron is going off. Sapiro is going off. Audience is losing their mind. However, while this is going on at the front inside the ring where everybody is, we're actually going to end up starting in the back. The camera kind of pushes past the locker room where we see a bunch of the IAW roster getting ready for the show or talking to each other. Some are just chilling and catering for tonight's episode, eating some food. And as the camera passes back, we also pass through the boiler room where all the dealings go down, apparently here. <laughs> but more importantly, we as it passes the boiler room, we go through a hallway of sorts. We pass Dr. Brittany's office where we just get a little silhouette of seems to be she's giving acupuncture to somebody. But it, from the doorway, it looks a little more intense than it actually really is. And there might be some distinctive moaning going on. I don't know. We can visit that at a later point. But as the camera passes back through this, it stops at a very kind of bland looking mahogany door. It's mahogany. <laughs> and like in the most boring, typical kind of lettering fashion is GM uh, Stonebrook. So this is currently her office. And as the camera kind of just pans out a little bit to zoom out of the door, as the camera pans out, we see that in front of said GM door is our current IAW tag team champions, the Cold Club. You two were told that the general manager would like to speak to the both of you. She didn't specifically say exactly what, but she told you to be there at the start of the show and that when you get into her office, you will discuss exactly what it is she wants to talk to you about. So that's where we're going to start. So we're currently outside of the office door, so we'll just take it from there. 
Ah, you have a nice office. You're outside the office right now. We're look, but it's open. We're looking in, right? It's current. The door is currently closed. The door is closed. So I'm lying. So I'm just staring at the door. I didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't do it. Did you do something? I I didn't do nothing. Who did do something? I remember. I put people in boxes a few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta up these meds. I have no concept of time anymore. Did you carve this door? Look at this door. Look at the dude, inlay on so, this door. Dude, it's mahogany. It's just, really it's just nice. green. It's just, I'm going to like... Some, there's leaflets in here? Look at this. Is feel really the door. Can you feel the oh. door? <laughs> mahogany. Yes. Oh. It's hard to find mahogany. There's been a lot of like shipping shortages and, and whatnot. These are nice. I've never carved a door. I've carved a back, but not a door. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. So after... No, I'm not going to say it. We're going to rephrase that after taking an interest in the door. <laughs> you finally knock on it. From behind it, he says, ah, come in. It's a trap. You open it. Oh, it's, we're going to, this is, nothing good can come of this. Is there like a random person walking past? Yeah, one of, I guess the what? equivalent of Brandon Cutler from AEW with the Elite. He's just like, Camera like cameraman like with the camera walking by. I'm like, ah! It's like, ah! and then he opens the door and is just like, please don't hurt me. You're fine. You have served your purpose. Oh, Thank you. Pat him on the head. Good job. Good job. Okay. Way to way to be a company guy. From down the hall, you just hear two like male voices that look like brothers. They'd be like, yo, what's up with that? I don't know, man. I don't want to talk about it. As he like goes down the hallway to join like what seems to be these two wrestlers in like weird like headband pieces and earrings going on. They have like leather pants going on. I'm going to lean into the hallway and I'm going to say, hey, poison, don't worry about it. We just <laughs> needed him to open the door right quick. OK, thanks. Poison thanks. Rose, but poison was a good one, too. <laughs> Axel would be good. Axel's fat now. Those guys are in shape. Bro. I would uh, but, be nice. Axel was... You know, oh, yeah, Axel, when he was like 19, slamming cigarettes out in Sunset. Oh, yeah, but, oh. but that was, don't look at them, they're fantastic. Look great, yeah. Oh. Open the door, yeah, we should go through the door. <laughs> okay, so as the two, if you enter the office door individually, you guys have been here before. This is General Manager Stonebrook's office. That it is once again decked out in probably like the most gaudiest, like country that anything can possibly be. There's like a 10 gallon hand like night light, like a big old like <laughs> lamp. But instead of having the regular lamp color cover, it's just like a big old 10 gallon hat. It's just like cowboy boots and horseshoes and like old Western themey vibes going on in this office. Old Western. I'm not sure if walking to this office makes you want to have sexual relations with the family member or if I don't uh... know. Yeah, is this, like a, is this like a Tahoe Joe's or like a bad gas station? What's the vibe of this place? Probably, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. This is a dark and yes, there is place. a jackalope there, too, before I forget. Just like, it's, it's stuffed. The pride of Wyoming is on the wall? Fantastic. <laughs> yes. So as to if you step into uh, General Stonebook's office, she's, ah, if it isn't the cold club, have a seat, gentlemen. I believe we have some business to discuss. Hey, is your door for sale? You're not the first. You're not the first wrestler who has told me they wanted it, but it's a family heirloom, so I tend to keep it in the family. 
Your family heirloom is a door? I'm not yes. judging. I was just saying that out loud. <laughs> it's mahogany. Of course it's oh, been in the yeah, family for good. a while. Yeah, the, lovely, mm, yeah. the leaf, the carvings are gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I like your office. It's like a gas station and an Applebee's at the same time. You know what? That's the nastiest thing some anybody has ever said about my office. Thank you. Ah. Yeah. I would love to read. Good to know. Here. Have a seat, gentlemen. We have some business to discuss. As she just points to this like, n- like nonsensical, like way too big, like leathery chairs, where if you sit in it, you'll just sink back into it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, Bjorn sits in the chair and is immediately half as tall. Like back goes concave. Yeah, just. This is nice. I'm, I'm glad you're comfortable. We try our best here, IAW. But speaking of which, how are you two enjoying your reign as tag team champs? Pretty great. Put a bunch of random people in boxes. Boxes. You want to put all boxes in? Boxing. Boxes. Like boxes. You got tan in there's there? somewhere up there. There's somewhere it's in the Yeah. It was blast. Boxing Day match was a great idea. Oh, it definitely was. And I'm glad that you brought back that stipulation. It's been since 1978 that we last had a Boxing yeah. Day match here. I remember those in, in the IAW. 70s. It's been so long, I thought, I want to do something for them. It's been a while. I, oh, God. I was born in, oh, I was born in, uh, oh, no. I'm going to. Do you have my file here? I don't know how old I am anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna cut the rings of the mahogany in his on his on his, in his bag. We should be able to figure it out. Let's assume that. Yeah, count the rings on my sack. It should line He's up. He's four. I can't count what? past that. I learned that one yesterday. I I'm, I'm gonna go with four. <laughs> okay, we can do a thorough examination later. But I'm glad that you two enjoy your reign and that you're enjoying the Boxing Day match that was last week. But that's what I wanted to talk to you about. So Boxing Day matches are great and fun, and I love that you brought them back, Bjorn, but they cause a bit of a problem. Yeah, See, I, made the, I made the deadlines a little far out. Yeah, and she crossed General's man, GM Stonebrook kind of just oh. in and puts it underneath her chin. Now, see, I'm all about giving entertainment to IAW Faithful. But when you stop messing with my monies and you start messing with plans that we have, see, that's just not going to cut it, Beyond and Axel. Since you two created the problem, I believe that you are also the solution to my problems. One, I don't think there's any monies in the box. No, go ahead. I'm John did it. I'm going to run and try to run out the door, but it's a thick mahogany door, so I can't work. Yeah, you're just- I'm gonna turn. And I'm gonna say it's mahogany, man. Mahogany I, is undefeated. Damn it! Trap of mahogany. Mahogany and gravity are gonna be here long after we're all dead. Look, I didn't mean to. I say, like in the olden days, we just do an unboxing day match. Unfortunately, it's a little too late for that. So here's what's gonna happen. Oh no! Did and she die? gets in the. And she stands up from box? she stands up from behind her desk and walks over to you both. Now, granted, she's a very tiny lady, but you both know that you don't want to piss off a 
lady from Tennessee because she will, excuse my friend, she will fuck your day up. (laughs) Is she Knoxville, Nashville, or Memphis? Yes. Oh, my. She's a mixture of everything, so she means business. Oh, goodness. There's a, there's a, okay, carry on. (laughs) So she walks over to you. She's about 5'2", so she's pretty short. But she walks over to you, too. And probably, like, in the most southern way possible. Like, she just grabs both of your hands. She clasps them both into hers and says, Now, bless your hearts, but you two, since you have put the tag division in quite a predicament, you're going to be defending these at the next pay-per-view. And as for your opponents, let's just say there are two individuals that would like to get a little even with you from the Boxing Day matches. Would you two be kindly to come in, please? And as the door, as the nice mahogany door opens, in walks the remaining halves of Team Surf and Turf and the Soccer Bombs. Now, I believe... You two have uh, unfinished business with the coal club. So next week, you two, as she looks over at you, Bjorn and Axel, you two are going to have a match with these two. And this is your program going forth. So try to get along and uh, try not to leave any blood on my carpet. As she walks out of the room. (laughs) Surf and turf is now... What's surf and turf now? What? <laughs> yeah, you, surf bombs. You, um, your turf? Sakura turf? Sakura. And is this surf and turf? I don't. It hurts my brain. As you two are trying to figure this out without saying anything, the door, like the camera kind of pushes out, the door closes, and from behind the closed door, you just see GM Stonebrook just. Sitting outside as like comically, you just hear the office just like being torn apart. You guys are throwing punches with each other. Oh, okay, okay. So comically speaking. So while that is happening, the camera kind of goes back through (laughs) the W studio. Once again, passing all of the wrestlers in the locker rooms and things like that. And it comes back out to the ring where the audience has just witnessed a pretty entertaining match between Elk and Kid Cuts. Elk by long shot was the winner of this match, but it was still pretty good. So Macho Mage, (laughs) the lights go dim. What does your entrance look like for this section? Okay. Okay. The lights indeed do go dim, and as the lights go dim, uh, Night Wishes, Yours is an Empty Hope starts to play. In On the Jumbotron, right, during the orchestral part, there's cuts of some uh, of the Macho Mage's fights and whatnot, and every time there's a like a swell in the music or or like a crescendo, there's not strobe, but there's like flat, like bright, bright flashes. And then at the part where it goes from orchestration from the orchestral to the metal, it goes completely dark again. 
And then as soon as the, the guitar kicks in, there is explosions that go around the roof. <laughs> and then four fireworks go off at each corner of the turnstile of the ring. And slowly lowering down from this from the roof is the macho mage. He's wearing his wizardly robes. His he's got his hat, his cloak is all sequins and now there's like those the those spotlights that like shine all over go crazy and fling around so every time they like hit his cloak the sequins like reflect them so it's, he's like a disco ball and slowly is is lowered down and then when his feet touch the mat the two spot the the their two spotlights they shine on him to which he makes like a this hand motion and as soon as he makes that hand motion there's an explosion from his hands, and the lights go back on. We'd love to see it. Okay. And so, as all this is going on, the fan club, the three-member fan club is, again, once again, absolutely losing their collective minds. They are cheering for you. They're in the front, once again, with the signs, cheering you on. And as you make your way into the ring... Just for the amazingness of it, as you just come down from the ceiling, it's all you also find yourself to have a microphone in your hand. So this is going to be a new thing for both of us. This is going to be fun to do, but go ahead and cut your promo. Okay. So the Macho Mage is going to stand there for a moment, right? His chin is going to be up. He's got the Macho Mage sunglasses on, so you can't see his eyes, but his chin is going to be up and he's going to be taking in the cheers or the jeers or whatever the audience is, is throwing his way. He slowly brings the microphone up to his, to the speaking level and says, Well, it looks like the Macho Mage, the champion Macho Mage, yeah, is in search of something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And maybe you, the audience, can assist the macho mage in finding what it is he needs. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it perhaps a spell component that he needs? Oh, no. Is it perhaps, perhaps a dungeon master that he needs to run the role-playing game? Oh, no. It's not that. No. Perhaps it's a new set of dice. Throw on the floor. Oh, no. Macho Mage has dice for days that go clickety-clack. No. What the Macho needs from the audience is for you all to choose who the next contender for the Macho Mage and his championship belt shall be. First and foremost, that was an amazing promo. I love to see it. Second of all, that promo is giving me flashbacks. I'm again, this is showing my I'm not that old, but I would grew up in the 2000s. So this is giving me flashbacks to WWE's Taboo Tuesday, <laughs> where the like people could vote for what happens. So as you finish this promo and the all of a sudden the audience is just like in a poof of faith, trust and pixie dust, as we like to call it, they take out their cellular devices, their cell phones, tablets. Some of them still have pagers for whatever reason. We don't judge. It's just the three fans of Macho Mage. 
Tickety-tack on your fairy boxes. Oh, yeah. Vote who you want to see the macho age go against. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love it. So as you as the audience begins voting and like non-copyrighted, this is like Jeopardy music starts to play for a couple of seconds. <laughs> so as the audience is finishing and the results are being tallied, before the results can be displayed on the screen, the video feed on the Titan Trod begins to glitch a little bit and it begins to, again, glitch out before completely just like shutting off. Then all of a sudden the lights are in the ring begin to turn off two by two. So it's like slowly just turning off until one singular Light is on you, Macho Mage in the ring. And one singular light in describing it, all of a sudden, Macho Mage, Manager John, a.k.a. the Grassman, how does Grassman introduce the leader of the Bayou Brotherhood, Louisiana Man? There are fog machines everywhere. That just floods the scene as it as he walks up to the middle of the ring and puts and with pulls out a stick and lifts it up and lights a lantern as the smoke just coalesces in one form in the Louisa as the Louisiana man just appears out of that smoke that forms his body. Oh my goodness, this is going great. <laughs> And and then the grassman just points at you're not a real magic user, I am. As the music starts to slowly fade in after Grassman, you point to Macho Mage. From behind Grassman will be coming out of the fog, somehow taking the lantern and putting him in front of him. Out comes Louisiana man. And just in a very sinister kind of arrogance to him, he just walks halfway down the ramp with the microphone in hand and says, begins to say to you, of course, it is destined that I could finally get to cross paths with you, Macho Mage, with your spells and your magic, as they call it. You fascinate me, Macho Man. And I look forward to being able to get to see that up close and personal for our match next week. But just like you have your tricks up your sleeve, I have mine. And you better prepare yourself. Because boy, oh boy, the sisters of the bayou cannot wait to meet you next week and just the fog machines begin to continue to envelop the entry ramp and the fog begins to cover over louisiana man and grass man and the last thing you hear is just a very sinister laughing is like <laughs> you best be ready boy because i'm coming for you before the fog dissipates and both the grass man and louisiana man are gone and the lights turn back on leaving just you in the ring by yourself. 
the audience is just completely silent and a little bit intrigued, mixed with a little bit of trepidation and fear. As you can hear the murmuring of the audience talking to each other, your fan club just just looks at you from the front row again, fully behind you. But they are a little terrified for you as they look onto you in the ring. Okay. Okay. Macho Mage is just going to sit there with, or not sit there. He's he's standing with a bit of a with a bit of a smirk on his face and. He's going to just nodding, slowly nodding. And then he like, he'll, he point, he points up to the ring. Okay. That's good. That's good. Type gesture. And then he will raise both hands up into the air, then throw them down. And when he throw them, throws them down, there's going to be uh, py- uh like pyro full covering of the ring pyrotechnics that cover the ring entire entirely and then when the pyrotechnics go down macho mage is going to be disappeared okay it's like and in an instant your iaw champion macho mage has disappeared into the ether okay so as the audience begins to settle in from what they had just witnessed the our good old ring announcer to always, once again, dressed in a lovely, like, aquamarine sequin dress this time around, is the one and only Terry Delant. So, once again, she stands into the ring. The following contest, scheduled for one fall, is set for a 20-minute time limit or until TV time is over. And as she finishes saying that, Umbra... What does your entrance to the ring look like for this? So as the lights go down, the Jumbotron starts showing clips of his matches, slow-mo, almost matrixy shots of his high-flying maneuvers, almost like the camera spinning around him, whatnot, all over... Up until now, his music has been very, definitely has been very dark and rock, but it's starting to get angrier as the days go on. It's starting to get, you're getting some more metal and more, and more just rough sounding music. And he comes out again with his leather pants. He has his vest, hoodie vest on with the cold club logo that he cut up the shirt and stitched together on the back of and he stands there in the middle of the ring and as it gets to the big breakdown of the song he just drops into a full split as fireworks spring up from the sides of him as soon as he lands i love it it's i'm sorry continue i know it's too good Uh, he brings himself back up and starts walking to the stage hops up onto the edge of the the mat and just does that whole lean back against the ropes before actually entering inside. He goes into the ring, runs forward, and then all of a sudden shoots backward into uh, a few back handsprings into a double flip into a split. And all four... Uh, corners of the ring just explode in ty- pyro- 
pyrotechnics as he lands. <laughs> and he's just in the split, just staring up the ramp ready. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Okay, so as you settle into the ring and kind of just start doing your stretches from the top of the ramp, this time, once again, the same music for the Bayou Brotherhood begins to play. Only difference is, is that no grass man, no Louisiana man, but coming out is the site that you are all too familiar with, which is a very tall gentleman, tattoos adorning full like sleeves all the way from shoulder down to his wrist, being accompanied by a much shorter but more unhinged looking uh, woman. So... You obviously know that this to be the woman to be Ava and the man to be everybody's favorite name to be said on this podcast, Harl. I see that John got a kick out of that one. I'm doing my job. Hey, I came back right in time for Harl jokes. I'm OK with this. I literally waited until you got the headphones in because I know you love it so much. <laughs> but anyways, so as Terry, the ring announcer, is in the ring, says, Making his way to the ring, standing at a good six foot five, 280 pounds, Harl, as this gigantic measure of a man walks his way down to the ring with Ava and company in tow. And he does he gets to the ring steps. He hops up on the apron and not even going over the ropes. He just like does a full on like over the top rope with one leg and then the other. And just walks into the ring, just not shifting his gaze, just staring at you as you two come to the center of the ring to, quote unquote, shake hands before the match begins. As uh, in, in, <laughs> in Umbra's mind right now, he's looking as he's as Harl is getting into the ring, staring at him. And as he goes, gets closer, he's not intimidated at all. And he just looks at him and is just going like, I've seen bigger. Yeah, you, <laughs> well, not, and not just Axel, but also I just fought Elk. <laughs> that is also true. You fought him in a Bedlam Break match. I'm actually curious in terms of the height difference between Axel, Elk, and Harl. <laughs> we'll give a full, like, description and a breakdown, like, off camera, because it's, okay. it's some fun stuff. But as you just not even breaking eye contact with Harl and not giving into any intimidation. You just hear from this gargantuan of match just go and just goes to his corner of the ring as so do you. And then ding, 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 the bell rings. Uh, Umbra, you're going to start in control of this match. So it's go time. So what are you? What is your first move? All right. Oh, I'm going i think umbra is going to start off with just getting into a lock with harl into a irish whip just to get things started i'm always here for it <laughs> so just I just hulking this giant man around the ring <laughs> that man <laughs> sorry i had to it's one of my favorite lines you just keep setting me up with large men i don't know what this is mikey <laughs> Listen, you said it, not me. I, have. I think you know exactly what it is, but Karen, I, ha 
I have the flag. Anyway. Welcome to the after hour special. <laughs> okay, before this gets any more off the rails. So as you take Harlan, you put him into an Irish rip. As a response, he's going to just nonchalantly bounce off the ropes. And he's just going to come in hot. He's going to bounce off the ropes. And he's just going to come at you. And he's just going to, as a response, just give you a big boot. Okay. When he goes to give me the big boot, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to try to catch the boot. So that to prevent myself from from actually getting hit. Okay. Uh, Cool. So as a response, you as this big old size 14 boot tries to connect with your chest, you're able to dig into your acrobatic nature to maneuver around it and grab onto it. So now you're holding it. So as a response, as Harl has one leg in your arms, in your grasp, jumping up and down a little bit to maintain his balance with his free one, he is going to actually take this moment to he's going to bend down a little bit. And in response to being caught, he's going to attempt to give you basically a kick upside the head. So he's going to hop enough to where he hops with his free hand, turns his body enough and let the momentum of gravity to try to knock you upside the head. Okay. I'm trying to diversify my wrestling moves. I did a lot of homework. (laughs) This is going to happen in quick succession because he is such a big man. As he's swinging his leg at my head, I'm going to try to duck under it enough so he lands on basically sitting on my shoulders just long enough for me to just fly backward and drive him back first into the ground. Okay, so now that we're at that part, this is where we're going to have you roll. So, progress. <laughs> Given the fact that this is a very large man and it's going to take a lot of physical strength to bounce him off the rope and get him to where you want to, I'm going to have you roll plus body for me. Plus body. Oof. Okay. Yeah, okay. Here we go. That will be a seven. Okay, so with a seven, so the good news, Umbra, is that as you are able to do this, once again, Haro is a bit of a big gentleman, so it's it takes some use to flinging someone of that size across the ring, but you're able to do it. It does take you a little bit to get that momentum going, but nonetheless, you are able to get him as you are flipping him backwards you can essentially just arch your back and just hold his legs as you're using that forward momentum to throw him into the rope and you are able to do so here's what i want you to decide for me umbra Mm -hmm. so on a seven so you keep the attention so you can choose one of the following two things you can hand control over of the match to harl and in return you gain one momentum Or you can go straight into what you want to do next and to retain control of the match. You know what? I am going to hand control and take the momentum. Okay. So he, Harl's now in control. So you get plus one momentum. So mark that somewhere to remember. And he begins control of the match now. 
So as you flip Harl into the ropes, he, because in the position he is, you flip him backwards into the ropes. So hit the top rope catches the base of his neck and he basically bounces off like a basketball. It looks very bad. Harl just after regaining himself from getting his neck bounced off the top rope. He has gone from intimidating giant to what happens if King Kong and the anger of King Kong and the size of Megilla Gorilla had a baby and just like he's full on ape shit at this point now. So to begin, he is going to literally just because at this point, I'm assuming you're on the floor, given that you had to flip him backwards and now you're on the floor when you flipped him forward. Yeah. So what he's going to do is he's going to grab you from that position and kind of pick you up and with his ginormous hands and arms he's going to begin wrapping them around the base of your neck and putting you like in a weird chokehold similar to like Bobby Lashley's uh move where he puts you in the like label lock I believe is what it's called officially but like literally just like pulling you and shaking you back and forth as he is trying as he's pissed off Okay, I so he has me like upper uh, more like in my neck, upper body. uh, Yeah, and just like shaking you back and forth. Okay, I want to see if I can use my flexibility to be able to bring my legs up to my chest and wrap my legs around his neck. Yes, (laughs) Only because I'm so interested to see where this goes next. So you wrap around. So you're able to kip up yourself and wrap your legs around the base of his neck as in this weird. I don't want to say Karma Sutra-esque position, but this is very (laughs) interesting to say. We're basically basically have each other in in neck locks in different ways. Yes, I'm just using my I'm just using my legs and my thighs and not my hands. Listen, thick thighs save lives, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I'm just getting a kick out of John's reactions. John's learning a lot about me, and I don't know whether it's a good thing or not, but we can talk afterwards and get all that. I'm coming to you live from a closet, so I... (laughs) Coming from you from the 2D plane, so... (laughs) This is a horny episode, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, so here's the thing. So, So as you wrap around your legs... Harl, as a response, is going to he's going to let go of you in the lock with your legs still wrapped around. And then he's just going to reposition his arms around your chest. And he's basically going to pick you up and put you in a sitting position on his uh, shoulders, getting ready to give you a power bomb. I would like to interrupt. Oh, shit. That's right. Okay, so here's the thing, though. So I need to ask this. So manager john you're gonna come let me guess are you using the t-shirt cannon knife is ready yes okay and who are you hindering i'm going to or or harl i'm going to shoot harl in the leg and just have him that way i don't just so they can both be back on the ground on neutral terms so you're literally going to burrito the t-shirt and try to cap him at the knees? <laughs> Listen, it is possible. 
Listen, if you've been hit with a t-shirt cannon and it's not loaded properly with a t-shirt, it hurts. Let me tell you. Okay, then since no, uh, no, you don't just get to walk away from that. When did you shoot yourself with a t-shirt cannon? But <laughs> I have gotten shot by a t-shirt cannon. Someone rolled it into a perfect burrito, and just the velocity of it came hitting at me and hit me upside the head. I'm like, it hurts, man. You know what also oh, hurts? When they accidentally load the t-shirt cannon with their lunch. I got hit with a turkey sub. <laughs> because because the guy loaded his sandwich all tinfoil wrapped instead of a t-shirt into the cannon. How are y'all living full lives than me? You have different <laughs> cannons in your life? And this was back in college, man. This was back in yeah, college, college, 10 years college ago. Was, college was a weird college? time. I didn't get shot with a t-shirt <laughs> I won, yeah! I won the kind of t-shirt hey. cannon. Hey, we go <laughs> I want to have a turkey sub shot at me from a- That'd be great! <laughs> oh, I was so happy! I forgot to eat dinner that night! <laughs> Alright, carry on. My, my I, I, I guess I have to go to college now. Yeah, go to college. <laughs> Wear the t-shirt cannons and you never know what's being shot out of them. Minus the part where we need to cut out like what Chris actually does for a living. We're keeping this all in, just letting y'all know. You just you could just cut out the part of me saying saying I work at a party school, hey, just hey, the party school part. John, I said if we all come together to, as a group in person, I'm going through a table and we'll shoot you through with the t-shirt cannon. This would be a great video. <laughs> Nothing could go Chris, wrong. <laughs> it's like Chris, you heard it first here. It's, it's, we need to find a convention that will house us wacky antics. Like, and I have one at the ready once I can talk to people. Okay, like, so let's I, get back to the yeah. t-shirt cannon. We'll talk more afterwards. Yeah. But t-shirt cannon. Okay, so manager John, since you use the interrupt, narrate. So you're sniping at it. So what does the snipe look like as you are about to fire at and break Harl's Nico kneecaps, apparently? <laughs> really? Really? No, if we're going to make a music reference, it's nails and kneecaps, my good sir. <laughs> All right, so go ahead and set this up for me. First of all, where are you, by the way? What is happening? What does this look like? As I said, I am sniping. I am literally up in the balcony with the full V-loaded t-shirt cannon, and I've just been watching this whole thing, just waiting for the perfect shot. And You're literally I like Sting in the rafters, just waiting? <laughs> yeah, because Puppy Reekers only says... As long as he doesn't see me, I technically didn't interrupt the fight. Um, bruh. Could have been any mess. You know I'm going to see see the t-shirt, right? So, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop you, but they're gonna be words later. <laughs> I will tell you. Anyway, so you're setting up the shot, so you're in the rafters like sting, preparing to fire. I'm probably going to regret this, but it is going to be great content. What do you say before you pull the trigger? It's, okay, give me a second. I have to think of me. A two and one. Now. He takes a shot. You collapse. By the way, what is the t-shirt that is currently being fired? Like, whose t-shirt is about is firing at Harl? Is it a cold club shirt? Is it, like, a soccer bomb shirt? It's, it is a blitzing face Shirt. It's the new Blitzen shirt with with the with the words, just the. I'm trying to remember what the actual wrestling is called, what the actual term is. It's not the, with the cult club name. It's the uh, I, oh, oh, the IAW is just like a pic, IAW logo with Blitzen on it. Yes, 
Now I have to find someone to make that. Damn it. <laughs> Can we make a t-shirt of Blitzen being shot out of a t-shirt cannon? Like, I think that would be cool. Like this poor little kitten. <laughs> Fuck. No, that's exactly yeah. what. Okay, no, so let no, me narrate no, no, the rest no. of this. Just that's exactly what. <laughs> Kids, don't do this at home. Yeah, kittens are immortal. They can't die. Oh, my goodness. But no, anywho. So as this is firing, the uh, T-shirt ends up going straight for its target. It hits Harl in the knee enough to buckle him down. So Umbra, as Harl is preparing to give you a devastating power bomb, you could see or at least from your vantage point, you see him go down to your one knee and he just loses his grip on you and you just plot on both feet and he's one knee on the floor as he looks up at you standing in front of him what are you doing oh kitty i'm so i'm on my feet and he's down on one knee yes oh anyway <laughs> oh i'm gonna have fun with this i am going to essentially back cart cartwheel kick him right in the chin you're gonna you're just full a, on like a reverse bicycle kick. <laughs> yes. Nice. So as you do this once again, like a w like a two K WWE video game, like time just magically slows down as you do this. All of a sudden, there are flashing lights and just the slow motion as you backward bicycle kick. As your foot comes and makes a connection on the back of Harl's head, it just time resumes. Harl just goes down face first. You flip him over, pin his leg, and the ref is one, two, three. Ding, ding. Like, those, yeah, so cool. aw, those flashes are how I get the, those Matrix-style shots of me in my promos. I just scour the internet for them later and just post them all together to get a, like a, that cool like Matrix shot. <laughs> Cool. So as the bell rings and dissipates, Terry over the sound system says, your winner, bruh, as the crowd is bruh, bruh, bruh. As I'm like, go up to the turnbuckle and raise my hand up, I probably grab the title belt I have. I still probably bring it around with me and just hold it up. And as I look back, do I see the T-shirt? Hold up. Let me roll for this. <laughs> It, it could have fell out of the ring. I might not see it. I'm going to give it a put it up to chance. Okay. Odds are evens. Okay. Evens, you see the t-shirt cannon. Odds, you don't. That is an eight. So I see the t-shirt. Yep. So as from the up top of the turnbuckle, I turn around to get down and I spot the t-shirt. And... I'm going to say, I, and I know you're controlling the camera, but I want want things to fade out to like commercial or whatever with me just staring at the T-shirt. Oh, that's a perfect shot to end the episode on <laughs> as the credits roll and everything fades out. Once again, the lights dim and zone into this T-shirt as a cross fade happens as the last thing that quote unquote the TV audience sees is just Umbra with this very... Is it right to say pissed off look? <laughs> Annoyed, I, frustrated? You could see the flames on the side of my face 
It's trying to think of words. You can basically see the smoke starting in his ears. Like, you can see him visibly starting to get more and more angry. Curse your, curse your references to movies I like. So, as this is the last vision, the last image that the television audience, so to speak, sees. And that is where we're going to end tonight's episode as the credits roll. And the last thing that people see is Umbra's face getting more red and more angry. As the camera kind of fades, the credits roll, and then it's on to whatever like Law and Order Marathon that they're playing afterwards after IAW is done airing. <laughs> but that is going to conclude tonight's episode of Friday Night Fights. For those of you who stuck around to listen to all the shenanigans, thank you for listening. What kind of things are going to happen to the Cole Club after that brawl in the office? Macho Mage is about to face some sort of you do who do voodoo. So what's about to go down with that? What kind of fallout is manager John and Umbra going to have after seeing the t-shirt in this match? Stay tuned to next episode when we find out what exactly is going to go down with all that. But as always, thank you for listening. Make sure to take care of each other, love one another. And as always, from us at the D&D Tribe to all of you, let the good times roll. Until next time, see you later.